you'll stand with us, we're going to sing together as a congregation once again. We're going to sing 10,000 Reasons.
Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, Lord, thank you so much for just bringing us to this house um, to safely worship and honor and lift up your name this morning, God. Lord, thank you so much for the beautiful baptism we saw, God. Lord, I pray a special blessing for all of his family members who are here to support him. And Lord, what a blessing it is for our church to see such a large family that's in your word and just following you, God, and here to support um, Carver on such a special, exciting day, God. Lord, may we all be one family in um, your body, God, and may we all do our part. And Lord, as we are preparing to enter into the Advent season, um, may we just remember all that we have to be thankful for and nothing more important to be thankful for than the cross, God. Lord, we just pray that you be with us during this season, Lord, for um, for all the excitement, but for also the hurt that goes along with it, God. Um, Lord, may our prayer just be to bless our, bless our soul, God. Lord, be with us as we count our blessings. And Lord, be with uh, Bryson as he's going to come preach your word. Lord, just fill him with your spirit and allow him to be a vessel, God. And may his words fall on open hearts and clear consciences. Lord, I love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray so much. Amen. Yes, the children have this down pat, but they are released for Children's Church um, in the back with our children's workers who we are so thankful for each and every week. Um, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to start uh, towards the end in verse 36. Um, before we get started, I just have a couple of personal prayer request just to, to put out there real quick. This week, um, we, had, we got news that my uh, grandmother, um, her health has gotten pretty bad. She's been sick for a long time. Um, we actually thought we lost her on Monday. Um, she's still hanging on. She's had some good days and some bad days, but she's really struggling right now, but thankfully she's ready to see Jesus. Um, so whenever that time be, we all know and she knows that she's spiritually prepared for that to happen. Um, so just continue to pray for our family in that. And also, this week, my cousin and her wife, his wife had a little baby nine weeks early. Um, he's three pounds and ten ounces, I think, and 15 inches long. Uh, so pray for Huck, Allen, Frazier, and that family as well as they um, got to stay in the hospital for a while. But uh, the Lord blessed them. And gave a chance for my grandmother to see her second great-grandchild in, the, in that birth. So in the, Lord, the Lord always works things out for, for good. Um, he's, he's just awesome like that. So we, we are happy that, that he was born healthy and just continue to pray for those two situations, those two uh, families this week. Now as we get into the Word today, I just want to give you... I like to, I like to start off by saying just how the Lord got me to where we're going to be, because Neil didn't make it easy for me this week and allow me to, to go on in 2 Corinthians. He kind of cut that off. So it's, he kind of said, you're on your own. You know, whatever you want to preach this week, it's, it's open for you. Um, and for those of you who, who have preached in the past, that can be scary. Um, but at the same time, it's a great time because you get to spend so much time with the Lord seeking Him, and you have that communion with Him. And you pray that He shows you what, what you want 
what he wants you to preach that week. But anyway, when I was growing up, I had two main chores. And I thought, you know, I thought I had it bad, okay? But two main chores. In the spring and in the summer, I weed-eated. And in the fall, I raked leaves. Now, those are the only two things that I had to do. But let me tell you, I did not like either, okay? I always, always, and I had my dad's help. It wasn't just me by myself, but I hated it when my dad would say, all right, time to go rake the leaves. We had big pine trees, and all that pine straw would just fall and fall and fall. It felt like you were never going to get to the end of it. Well, for the past few years, we've been renting a house, and I haven't really had to do much of that, but now we're homeowners. And so I looked out Monday, and I thought, man, I really need to rake the leaves, okay? And I thought, well, you know, it's my own home now. You know, this is, I'm gonna, it's going to be better. You know, I'm going to like it more. And guess what? I still am not passionate, okay, about raking leaves. And anybody who drove by our house for the three and a half hours that I was raking leaves on Monday saw in my face that I was not passionate about raking leaves, okay? I, I, I don't think I had a lot of joy in raking the leaves on Monday. But it's interesting how God works because in that time, I feel like the Lord pointed me in the direction that he wanted me to go this week, and that was this. You're not passionate about raking leaves, but what are you passionate about? When, when, when you're living your life, do people see your passion for, for Christ and his purpose in your life? And so from his word, I want to see some characteristics from the early church on what passion for Jesus Christ looked like and how we apply that to our own lives. So if you turn with me to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 36. It says, For Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Lord, um, we just are so in love with you. We, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your church. We thank you for the power and the grace and the mercy that you just show us in so many different ways. Lord, I thank you that I don't know everything. I thank you that I, that I have to rely on you in this life. Lord, just continue to draw us closer to you. Lord, just allow it to be you speaking this morning, Lord, and that, we, that as we get into your word, Lord, that you, will, that you will continue to mold our hearts and our lives into what you've called us for it to look like. We love you so much. Amen. All right, so... 
as I was going through this scripture, I just found four, four things, that four characteristics of the early church that showed their passion for Jesus Christ, their passion for his purpose. And so in that, we're going to go through, through four different things. And I have a lot of other scriptures that I didn't give them in the back that I have printed off here that I'm going to read through just to, to provide um, some extra places in scripture where we talk about these different points. But as we get through this, just what I want us to do is I, I, I use a lot of eyes and we's when I preach because that's just the way I think whenever I'm going through a sermon. So don't think that I'm, that I'm saying you do or do not do a certain thing. It's just the way that it's going to come out of my mouth, okay? But just look at, I want us to be receptive of this and I want us to look at it from our own lives as, as we do the same from the early church, okay? And so the first, the first thing I see, the first uh, point, the first characteristic of the early church is they had a passion for his kingdom, a passion for his kingdom. At the beginning of our scripture, we are at the end of Peter's speech to a large crowd at the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come, and Peter gets up to, to, in front of all these people, and he begins to preach. And as he comes to the end, he basically sums up the entire, the entire message or the entire speech with saying that God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. That is what Peter's trying to get across to all of these people is, listen, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. And so the whole point is to point other people to Christ and say, listen, it's not about me, it's not about them, it's about Jesus. And so in that, these, these, these men and women are cut to the heart. And they ask, you know, what should we do? And Peter points them and says, listen, repent. Repent, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and be baptized. Every one of you. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in his response, we can see that Peter and the apostles, they had a passion for the growth and strengthening of the kingdom of, of Christ. They wanted other people to know Jesus. They, they strived, their whole life was based on the fact that they wanted as many people as possible to know Jesus, to have salvation in Jesus, to come to Jesus. I love that we had a baptism this morning because this can be strangers, this can be in families. We had great-grandpas and grandpas and dads who all wanted little Carver to know how great and wonderful and amazing it is to have Jesus Christ in your life. And so in this, we see that these early Christians, these apostles, they had a passion for telling these people about Jesus. As it says in, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what Jesus is command is here is go and tell people about me. If you don't do anything else, tell people about me. And as, as followers, as believers, that's a command that he's given to each and every one of us, is we want as many people to know about Jesus as possible. Now, this is, this is a difficult thing for me, because most of you who know me would say that I'm probably not shy, okay? But you get me out of, of people I know outside of my comfort zone, and I can get kind of shy, Okay, I don't like to talk to people that are strangers. It's not, it's not comfortable for me. 
But I'll tell you somebody who, who, who it was comfortable for, and it was my grandfather. Um, we called him Pawpaw, okay? So Pawpaw could talk to anyone. One time we went to Disney World, and all of us were riding rides, and Pawpaw didn't really ride rides, so he just sat down on this bench and started talking to this lady. He was talking and talking and talking and talking, and he probably went on for 15 minutes just talking to this lady, not letting her get a word out. And then at the <laughs> 15 minutes in, this lady turns to him and says, speak no English. <laughs> so my grandfather had talked to this lady for 15 minutes. She didn't understand one word he had said, but that's just how he was. He could have a conversation with anyone. That, that's the, t- the type of life that he lived. And, and the kind of person he was, I would say that probably 80% of those conversations included Jesus. I go play golf with my dad, and he always embarrasses me. Because if we get paired with, a, with two other people, he's going to end up talking to them about Jesus. I'm like, Dad, can we just play golf? You know, like, because it makes me uncomfortable. But he, he has that in him where he wants to tell others about Jesus. And so what I want us to get from those two, two examples of just people in my family is that's what I want for my life. I want to talk to other people about Jesus the way my grandpa just talked to anyone. When I I have a conversation with someone, it can be about many other things, but at some point in that, I want to point them to Christ. Because if I have a passion for Jesus Christ, if I really have a relationship with him, if I really know him closely, then I'm going to want as many people to know about him as possible because I know exactly what he's done for me. And so in your life and in my life, I pray that that's what we search for. We search for people to tell Jesus about. Because Jesus is so wonderful and he's so merciful. He gives us so much grace and so much love. He went to the cross for each one of us. And so just as the early church had a passion for telling others about Christ, I pray that that's a characteristic that we have as followers and believers in Jesus is that we want to tell as many people as possible about who he is and about what he, what he does and about the love that he shows. You know, if you have a friend who's sad, I know the one who gives joy. Friends who are, who are hurting or, or, or going through a difficult time, I know, I know the one who gives peace. Friends who feel unloved, no one could ever love them. I know a Jesus who is love. And so that's, that's a characteristic that I feel like if we, or if we are passionate about Jesus, then we're going to be passionate about growing his kingdom. That's why we do One Night in Bethlehem. That's not something that we just do because we enjoy taking three nights out of the, out of the year. Is, is it fun? Yes. Is it enjoyable? Yes. But the, the goal is to show people who Jesus is. And so as, as we do that as a church, I pray that's what we do in our own lives. That each day I live... I live it to show people who Jesus is. Whether I'm at work or at school, at church, I'm a teacher, I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher. No matter what I'm doing, I want to point people to Jesus because I know all that he's done for me. That is passion for Jesus Christ, is wanting everyone to know how wonderful he is. So that's the first characteristic, passion for his kingdom. Now, the second thing that, that, that I kind of saw in this was passion for his word. Passion for his word. It says that the apostles, they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
And the, the, the disciples would have been teaching the gospel. They'd have been teaching all these people who, who had no understanding that, listen, Jesus went to the cross. He took your sin. He died for you. He was buried. He was resurrected. And they would have been teaching all that Jesus had taught them. This teaching would have included Jesus' teaching himself. And so devotion, uh, devotion to the word of God is representative of a heart that loves him. The, the love for his word and the love for Christ go hand in hand. In John, it says that the word became flesh in Jesus. Jesus is the word. And so if you love Jesus, you're going to love his word. You're going to devote yourself to his teachings. You're going to live your life with the gospel and with, and with the teachings of Jesus Christ on your mind continuously. That's what the early church did. They lived their lives devoted to what the, to what the apostles taught, to, to God's word, to the gospel. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love and passion for Jesus Christ comes through in your love and your passion for his word. Devoted, this means that they were loyal. They were loyal to the word of God. When I got married, I, I said that I was devoted to my wife. And what does that mean? It means that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose her over any other, any other woman on this earth. I choose Brooke. Now, they were devoted to his word. And what does that mean? That any other teaching, I'm, I'm devoted to Christ's teaching above anything else. In my decision-making, I'm devoted to his word and his teachings. In my family... I'm devoted to his word and to his teaching. In the way I live my life, I'm devoted to his word and to his teachings. We have the word. It's living. We, do, do we have a passion for knowing and understanding and applying the word of God to our lives? When we wake up in the morning, do we yearn for his word? My dad always used to talk about the fact that he couldn't get through his day without having his quiet time in the morning. And I didn't really understand that until I started doing it myself. And it becomes something where I, I see how weak I am in my decision making. I see how weak I am in my flesh if I don't spend my time in the Word. I yearn for, for the Word. I want to know the Word. I want to apply it to my life. We are so blessed to have this. There's so many places in the world that don't have the written word of God. When Brooke and I went to Africa, we went out to these remote villages, and, and we taught to, to, the, to these remote villages who, who lived in huts that they had made themselves. I took two Bibles with me to Africa, and I ended up giving both of them away while we were there. They yearned for the word. They had passion for the word. They, they wanted, above everything else, they wanted to have the word. And many times in my own life, I catch myself allowing the word to be the last resort instead of the first priority. When I'm struggling or when, when I have a question that I just can't seem to answer, when I'm going through something difficult, if I get to my wit's end, then I'll go to the word. If I, if I get to the end of myself, then I'll go to the Word. But, but what they said is they devoted to the Word. It was their first priority. Above all else, they listened and had passion for the Word. 
And so that's what I pray for each of you and for, and for myself, that we will treasure the word of God. Because Jesus is the word. He, he exemplified the word. He, he, he gave us the word. He works in the word. The New Testament was given to us so that we could live our lives in reflection of the word. And so I want us to remember how blessed we are to have the word. And as passionate followers of Jesus Christ, we will have passion for his word. We have passion for his word. Thirdly, we will have passion for his people. Passion for his people. Passion for fellow believers. I'm going to read verses 42 through 46 again. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. A passionate follower of Jesus Christ has a passion for fellow believers. I love what Catherine prayed this morning, that we would be a body of, of, of Christ. I, I could preach the body of Christ every week because it encourages me so greatly that I have people in my life that I can turn to in times of need outside of my immediate family, that I have a family that goes far beyond blood. I have a family that's rooted in Jesus Christ. I have brothers and sisters, people in this church that I did not know a year and a half ago that now is family to me. And why is that? It's because Jesus Christ is the root that keeps us all together. Jesus Christ is the one that holds us together. He, makes, he gives us everything in common. Now, this doesn't mean that these people weren't individuals. But what they did have as individuals was a core characteristic of a passion for Jesus Christ. In this day, they lived the way that Christ had designed the church to live. They had a passion for their brothers and sisters. And they expressed this in a couple of different ways. One, they enjoyed fellowship together. They wanted to be together. You see that they ate together, and they prayed together, and they worshiped together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching together. In verse 46, it says, Every day they continued to meet together. They had a passion for being with one another. Now, did that passion come from their flesh? No, it came from the fact that they had the same spirit in them, the spirit of Jesus Christ. Through the Spirit of God, He aligns our thoughts and our desires so that if we are all in tune with Him, then we are in tune with one another. It's not about my opinions and what I think. It's about what Christ says. And so when we get on the same page with Christ, we get on the same page with each other. When we align our hearts with Christ, we align our hearts with one another. Ephesians 4 1 through, seven, 1 through 6 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one 
called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then 11 through 16 of the same chapter says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's a lot of words, but in that we see that there's one, there's one head, Christ, and that we all are part of the body. One Spirit of God working through his people creates a strength of the body. What this early church realized is that together they were far more powerful in Christ than they would ever be alone. That Christ had designed his people to be there for one of each other. He had given each person a gift, traits that would help them to move the body forward. I've, I've, I've preached on this before. I cannot be the whole body. I cannot do everything on my own. If I try, I will fail. There are so many people in this room and so many people across this county in so many different areas that I need, that Christ has designed each of you to be part of the body, to help me and to help you move forward. I can't do everything on my own. That's why I have six amazing youth volunteers, okay? Because I know that each of them has a special quality and a special part about them that God gave them that they didn't give me. I need them because as a group, we are far more powerful than I could be on my own. But in that, I got to know that it's not about me. It's about the body. It's about all of us. At the end of that, we saw that it's, it's, it's so that we can become strong. From him, the whole body joined and held together, held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Each part does its work. Brooke has had two ACL surgeries. She tore ACL twice in the same knee. She can tell you that every ligament is important, okay? Every little piece, even if you feel like you're, you're unimportant, in, in the body of Christ, you have purpose. I need you so that we can stand firm together, so that we can follow his word together, so that we can make an impact together, so we can reach other people for his kingdom together, building each other up in love. Every supporting ligament is needed for the body to grow in love. So a person that is passionate about Christ is passionate about his people and his body. They also provided for each other. They were there for each other. They supported each other. They were devoted to God's work for each other. They sold property they gave to those in need. They supplied to those who didn't have. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna point to a couple of people, a couple of groups of people in our church 
that probably don't want the recognition, but I'm going to give it to them because they, they're ones that came to mind as I was going through this. But a couple weeks ago, there was a family that was in need that needed some ramps put up at their house for a, a woman who was in a wheelchair. And so Neil and I went over there and measured for the, uh, for the ramps. And we said, we got somebody who's going to do it. Um, it may be, you know, two, three, four days before they can get over here. And Neil got a text message that night that the ramps had put up by Mr. Jeff Rude. And what I wanted to say in that is that passion for Christ is passion for his people. When, those are in, when people are in need, you have a heart and a desire to, to do for Christ his work as soon as possible. And so I just wanted to thank Jeff for all he does. And just to say that that's a heart for people is that when, when, when someone can't do for themselves, we do for them. We help in, in any way that we can. And another, another family that I want to, uh, that, I, that I see this in, is if you don't know the Bledsoe's, then you should know the Bledsoe's. Um, the Bledsoe's will do anything and everything. And it's not because they feel like they have to, it's because they desire to. There's a, they, they were part of a group that went down to, to southern, southern Georgia and helped with the cleanup from the hurricane. And I'm telling you right now that John Bledsoe can work circles around me, okay? He, that, that kid is, is amazing. If you, if you don't know him, you need to get to know him, and then you can ask him to do stuff, and he will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but John is a great kid, and he has a heart to serve. They went on Friday to fill shoeboxes at Samaritan's Purse, the Friday after Thanksgiving. And we were, we were going to go with them, but we didn't get to because of... Uh, my grandmother's health and everything going on. But I, wanna, I just want to point that out, that they have a heart to go and do for others. And that's just, that's just coming from a passion for Christ. I'm not calling these people out because they want me to. I'm probably going to be in trouble with a couple of them, okay? But it's because that they are so filled up with Jesus that when he says go, they go. When he says do, they do. For fellow believers, for, for those in need, and so that's what I want for my own life, is I want to be so filled up with Christ that people see my passion coming out in the way that I do and go and speak to fellow believers. I want to love on them. I want to be there for them. I want them to know that they can call me day or night, whenever it is, I will be there for them. Because listen, we need each other. We need each other. It is, we, we have a difficult life. No matter where you grew up, where you come from, Life is difficult. I'm so thankful that I have Jesus, and I'm so thankful that I have my church body. I don't understand how people get through life without Christ, because it's hard. This week was hard, okay? That's my last grandparent that I have left. This week was hard, but guess what? Jesus gave me peace. I had people texting me, Marsha Harper, how's your grandmother? Gina Bledsoe, how's your grandmother? I can't get through this without them. And so that's what we need to see. As, as passionate followers of Jesus Christ, we are going to have passion for each other. He will line up our thoughts. He will line up our desires. We have a relationship with him, and he provides relationships with other people. And we become the true body of Christ, and we will be devoted to one another. And lastly, they had a passion for his glory. 
a passion for his glory. What we see in the rest of Acts 2 stems from the fact that the apostles and the other believers had a passion for, for the glory of God. They were not interested in their own desires, in their own glory, but in the desire for God's plan and for God's purpose. Peter is speaking in front of this, whole, in front of this huge crowd, and, and Peter's not speaking me, 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 but he's speaking Christ, Christ, Christ. Everything that they did, the, the, the being there for one another, the selling of their own property to give to other people, praying for each other, devoting themselves to the scriptures, none of that had anything to do with them, and it had everything to do with Jesus. In all of this, it wasn't about them, it was about Christ and bringing glory to him. They lived their lives to bring glory to him. They were passionate about giving him praise. The fellowship of believers, the outreach to unbelievers, the devotion to the word, it is all for the purpose of giving glory to Christ. They know that without Jesus, his death on the cross, and his resurrection, none of this would be possible. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have all that they did. They wouldn't have each other if it weren't for him. Verse 47 says that they praised God and enjoyed the favor of all the people. They lived for his glory and his purpose. And in response, he added to their number daily those who were being saved. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And Luke 9, 23-25 says, Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? And so in that, what I want us to see that it's about godly devotion, not about devotion to myself. It's about devotion to his word, not about devotion to myself. It's about devotion to his, to his, to his church, not about devotion to myself. It's about devotion to reaching others for his kingdom, not about devotion to to myself. I am so thankful and so grateful for, 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 for Christ. And I, and I pray that in my life and in your life, as it was in the early church, that people looked at them and thought, there is something different. There is something out of the ordinary. And so when that question arises, that I have the, the heart to point them to Christ, that I say, come on. Be part of this family. Don't you want to be part of the family of God? Don't you want to be part of a group that, that lives their lives like this for one another? That desires to be in the presence of one another? That knows that no matter what they're going through, they're going to get that text message that says, we love you, that we're praying for you. That you're going to have them come up to you before the service and thank you for what you're doing. That stuff means more than, than anything else could because I know that I have people who, who a year and a half ago didn't know me that love me. That, that, that they, want to, they want to be in ministry with me. 
that they want to see me grow in my faith the same way I want to see them grow in theirs. But it's all because of the glory of God. This isn't about me getting to a certain point for me. Everything that I do and everything that I am, I want it to be the next step for him. If the next step for me is to, is to live on the streets, to bring him glory, I pray that my heart is at the place where I can do that. Because I don't want it to be about me, and I don't want it to be about us. I want it to be about him. That's what the early church had. They had passion for his purpose. They had passion for his glory, for his people. You thought you, you, thought you guys were going to get out of here without hearing a, a reference to Georgia football, because Neil's not here, but I got one. Okay. I'm not a Georgia football fan, okay? So you can get on to me afterwards for that. You look, you're looking at me. He's, he knows. I'm not, I'm not a Georgia football fan, and if my, my father-in-law was here, he would get on to me for saying this because every time I tell him this, he's like, oh, whatever. You know, he's a big Georgia fan. But I don't like watching Kirby Smart coach, okay? Because it makes me uncomfortable. He is so, he's jumping around like he is like somebody, there's a person on the sideline that's had the job of holding him back off the field, okay? Like he's just intense all the time. And like, it, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's just something about that, you know, like, whoa, you know, calm down, man. But anyway, I can't really say much because that's the way I look when I watch Kentucky basketball. Nobody sees that because I'm at home. But the point of that is I want to look like Kirby Smart looks for Georgia football for Christ. I want people to look at me and think, why is, like, what is wrong with him? And I want, and I want somebody to say he is so passionate about Jesus that he just can't contain himself. And that's what I want for each of us. And that's what I feel like the early church looked like. They had never-ending passion for him. And when we get that passion in our heart, when he supplies the power and says that he added to their number daily those who are being saved, I want people to know Jesus. And if I can help in any way with that, I want him to use me the way that he wants. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you that you provide everything for us. I thank you for the passion that you give us, the gifts that you give us to be used for you. Lord, I pray that, that we have a heart and a desire just to do your will in all things. I thank you for this church body, oh, the love that they show, the heart that they have for each other. They don't know the impact that they've made on me and my family, that I have grandparents and aunts and uncles, Lord, that, that I've never been related to, but that are sitting right here today. That, that feel like family, the joy and the peace that comes from knowing that I have those people in my life. Lord, make us more like you. Supply us with your strength, with your power, Lord, just to do your work so that we see more and more people come to know the, just the gift that it is to have salvation in you. We thank you so much for your son. In his name we pray, amen.
come forward for offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for this word that you brought to us this morning. The meaning behind it, so deserved you are of our love, our faithfulness towards you, God. And now at this time, as we bring our tithes and offerings to you, Lord, we just ask that you bless it according to your kingdom and your need for mankind. And so it is, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, the love that you have for you, Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. Carry us through this week and for now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Afraid y'all gonna be seeing me a lot until one night is over. So, didn't Bryson do an amazing job? I can truly myself, yes. Uh, he said he hopes that we can see his passion. I myself can truly see his passion, and I hope all y'all can too. Um, 
December the 2nd is our big cleanup day. If it doesn't rain, it's supposed to rain that morning, but it's going to ease off in the afternoon. So about 3 o'clock, that's on a Sunday afternoon, we're going to schedule a cleanup, and uh, Jeff and I will be serving hot dogs and chips. And So if that doesn't bring you, I don't know what will. You'll be fed. And December 6th, we are having a paint party. If any of anybody wants to come, and they are um, in the fellowship hall, that's on Thursday at a 7, Gene? 6, at 6 o'clock. Um, it's, a, it's a Christian-based paint party. So it's scripture, so y'all come. And December 7th, we are having a, uh, we're going to be in the parade in Franklin. Um, December 7th, meet at 5 at Heard County High School parking lot. And anytime from the 2nd on, I will get you costumes. We're going to be wearing our One Night in Bethlehem costumes to promote One Night in Bethlehem. And um, also, uh, snacks for the hospitality that we have in the old sanctuary slash children's building, I mean, um, youth building. Uh, we will need finger foods that... Uh, the guest of one night can enjoy afterwards and fellowship in the in the old sanctuary. Um, nothing that has to be served on a plate, if possible, like cookies and maybe pound cakes, things without icing, so we don't make a huge mess. And any of those donations, please see me if you have any questions. And um, just as Bryson said, as a group, we are way more powerful. So I hope to see each and every one of y'all at one night this year. Thank you. Stand, we're gonna change it and sing Family of God this morning. Grab a hand.
great week. We'll see you this evening.